Finally, uh, tonight I will share with you the ultimate medicine, the one strike which solves all your problems, which is uh, seeing what you are not. That's it. That's the one strike. No self, no problem. And then something else can reveal itself. So if you see what you're not, that's not the end, that's the beginning of a real life. That's the beginning of the real life, when you see what you're not. Resistance is to be expected. Because what, what you are not lives from lives from the stories. But that's really the only way to see what you're not. So the other teachings they prepare us to be ready to see what we are not like self-compassion, self-acceptance, compassion, blah, blah, blah. All these practices one can do, they prepare our being for seeing what we are not, so that something else can reveal itself. Another way of being can reveal itself, which is already happening now, but because we are so occupied with being what we are not, it, there's no space for being being who, who, are, who, who are being what we're supposed to be. So in the first meditation, I, uh, after some time of settling, I want to point to one aspect of what you are not, and that is the I'm not good enough self. Yeah, so the I am, something is wrong with me self. Uh, I'm not worthy to be loved self, or yeah, I'm, I'm not good enough self, so the, I'm, I'm, not, the, I'm not good enough self. And um, so in this meditation I just want to invite you, uh, when I guide it, uh, to see if you get a sense of uh, where that sits in your body, the I'm not enough self the ashamed self, or the guilty self, or the I-need-to-fix-myself self, the self-improvement self, the, the I-have-been-hurt I self, or I-have-hurted-others self. I'm just not good enough self. So you are not that. Why? It's just a story. Mingled up with sensations in the body. So let's sit quietly. Maybe you take a few deeper in and out breaths just to support a sliding into the body. 
First you start with the whole body, like really down into your feet also. You just become aware of your posture and the inner weather. Dropping or sliding from the head into the body. You notice your own energy and allow it to flow wherever it wants to flow. And although thoughts continue to arise, they become less important. They go a bit into the background and you emphasize the sensations and the energy in your body, the breath, pleasant and unpleasant movements. then possibly you can soften some of the tension in the belly and in the shoulders. You unhook from the stream of thinking when you get entangled. call upon the presence of our mentors. His Holiness the Dalai Lama and the Kamapa, and whomever you want to add, Buddhist or non-Buddhist, and you surround yourself with their presence, with their warmth, the scent of roses, and the sound of compassion the loving gaze. Bathing with your whole body, with every cell of your body. like the morning sun after a night of terror. Dissolving 
the nightmares. Then if you get hooked by something, you return to the aliveness in the body. sense that you are bathed or surrounded by unconditioned love. And then you rest. There's nothing you need to add or take away. You just rest. I invite you to connect with uh, the sense of I am not enough, the I am not enough self, I am not good enough. And don't worry if nothing comes up, but if you get a sense of the ashamed self or the guilty self, the self-improvement self. And uh, maybe you can have a sense where it sits in your body. So that can be a specific place. It can be also like a feeling in the whole body. chest, so, see if you can get a sense. Of the ashamed eye, of the not good enough eye. And see if you can have an idea or you have a sense where it sits in your body. Or the fearful eye. The eye which is uh, occupied with uh, what other people might think. So that's what you're not. And notice uh, if, uh, if it almost fills your whole experience that 
by being aware, you start to connect with something which is bigger. And the I am not enough I. There's something which is bigger. Notice if you have a sense of it in the body that the sense of the body is very much connected with memories or words. That's what you are not. like a a ghost in your beingness. It's like a parasite in your beingness. And possibly you have a sense of that which is bigger. that which is looking, that which is aware of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. start by explaining a bit what you are not, so that you can see it more clearly. And this is a really very much a Buddhist approach to uh, start with or even stay with uh, the insight into what you are not, to really see what you are not. That's what the Buddha did in the Heart Sutra. The Heart Sutra is pointing to what you're not. And uh, whatever you identify with, the Buddha takes it away. And then in the end, he does not give anything. But with the recognition of what you're not, that which you are, so when I say you are, I'm not talking to what you're not, I'm talking to what you are. So that what you are can reveal itself. So, in your left hemisphere, the left part of the brain, there is a capacity of a process which, uh, for the sake of uh, using words, I call selfing. It's not really an English word, but uh, some people talk about the ego, but that makes it so solid. So it's better to understand that I'm talking about the process. 
And this process is a process of the conceptual mind. It's a loop. It's insubstantial, so there is nothing there. So it depends on continuing to loop, because that's how it exists. It's, a narr- it's the narrative self. It's, it's the narrative self. It's this kind of commentator all the time, this blah, 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 blah. So this loop, the selfing process, has no substance, but it pretends to have substance. So it creates the illusion of a separate, singular, permanent I. And that's that's an illusion but it creates this illusion. It is mingled with a contraction in your body. That's why it feels so real. So there's the looping, and part of the looping in our case is I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I need to be better. Part of it is judgment of ourselves and others, complaining, what can I get? So it's... The, the what, what about me mantra is also part of that loop. And it's mingled with a contraction in your body, which is not usually in the same place. It also wanders around, but we forget that it wanders around. So it feels like that there's a center here through the contraction of the body. Uh, and... Uh, this, this contraction is sometimes quite localized, like you know, if you are criticized or uh, when when things become difficult. But sometimes it's also like a kind of contraction, in, like in your whole body, in your whole being, uh, and it's there all the time. So even if we are relaxed, then it's a bit less, but there's still like a sense of I. Yeah, so, and this I seems to be somehow uh, <coughs> imprisoned in the body. So when it is these two things, the mental loop, uh, this process, and this contraction, <coughs> which creates the illusion of a separate, like separate, an I, which uh, is, uh, is um, enclosed within the skin, and it's a singular, so it's one. It, it creates the illusion that there's only one of you inside. And it creates the illusion of permanence, as if it's kind of jumping from day to day. But the loop needs to create itself all the time. Yeah? But it creates the illusion that there is an eye which, which jumps from moment to moment. A separate, permanent, singular eye. Like, we have a distinct sense that the person who is sitting here is the same person who woke up. And and that's an illusion created by a mental process and this contraction in the body, which is uh, located in different places. So this this loop um, does several things to, uh, to maintain itself. And uh, just to uh, 
give you some of its tricks. One trick is to think about problems in the past. So now we need to temporarily agree on one thing, that the past does not exist. So notice, if you want to have a problem in the past, you need to think about it. So if you have a problem in the past and you still try to fix your past, which this loop tries to do, it tries, it tries to, it tries to create a better past. <laughs> so notice how when you have a problem in the past, what you need to do, you need to concentrate on it. You need to, you need to think about it. It's a story. So now if I would ask you, is your past real? Probably this loop will say, yes, this really happened. And then I could ask you, what's the status of that which happens? How does it exist? And then you would have to admit that it exists as a memory in the left hemisphere. That's how it exists. The other trick of this loop is that it makes up problems in the future. So now, temporarily, we need to agree that the future does not exist. It's a bit easier with the future. But they have actually, past and future both exist through memory. They have the same status. It's not that the, that the past is more real than the future. Both are made up. So either this loop goes to the past, or it goes to the future. Some people like to worry about the past, some people like to worry about the future. It's like habit. The third uh, trick of this loop is seeking. So this loop maintains a sense that this is not it. It seeks. It seeks fulfillment. It seeks peace. It It seeks health. It seeks a place, which is in the future, where you will feel better. This is a huge problem, because seeking problems in the past, problems in the future, which is all made up, covers up the fulfillment of this moment. And it does cover it up forever. The seeking, problems in the past, problems in the future, which these three things all exist in the conceptual domain, in, the process, in this loop of the illusionary self, of the narrative self, it covers up fundamental well-being, which is available to you only now. And this loop will not, will not accept that. This loop says, no, this is not it. First I need to have this, first then I need to heal this. And actually, my past is not good enough to be happy now. To be happy now, to be fulfilled, 
filled now, I need to have a better past and I need to have a safe future. Then I can be happy now. And this is not going to happen, never. One of the really nasty words of this uh, loop, uh, the narrative self, and I mean, if that word, word would just dissolve in all our left hemispheres, oh, that would be amazing. And that word is the word mine. 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 Mm. So this loop uh, is claiming what, what is happening as mine. My, my problem, my money, my health, my thoughts, my feeling, my anxiety, my joy, my body, my relationship, my job. And it's, of course, it's a word which we attach to certain things and we don't attach to other things. That's what you are not. This, uh, this loop will not... Will, this loop doesn't want to be happy because that's its end. So it will, it will, it will seek forever. It will seek, it it seeks illusionary happiness in the future, telling you the story that something is missing in this moment, and it will do it forever. So this loop can't be liberated. This loop can't awaken. This loop pretends that it wants to awaken, but it w wants to bring itself with into awakening. It wants to awake at, as itself. So this loop might tell, you know, if you feel that you are a spiritual practitioner, might tell the story, yes. I want to be happy. And I've heard this story that when I am awake, I will be happy. So I will get, I, will, I, I am going to do this. So instead of telling the story, if you make a lot of money and you have a family and you have a flat, then you will be happy. In a spiritual uh, identified person, it tells a story somewhere in the future, I will be awakened and then I will be happy and glorious. So we are so the, the 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 self is seeking for liberation as itself. And then we can say, I am one with everything. Before I was miserable, I was and now I really like the story that I'm one with everything, like the ultimate self-inflation. So 
we are so used to this, we are so used to, f to identify with this narrative self, initially it almost feels impossible that there is something else than that. It's like, this is the prison. So we make up the prisoner and we, and we make up the prison. And we, we make it up through, through the, the conceptual, it's a conceptual process. It's, it's stories, it's words, it's interpretations, it's judgments. This, uh, this, uh, this message is, on one hand, it can be, you no, know, it can be like, yeah, wow, you know, you can feel, wow, if I, if I drop that for a moment, if I put down this burden, this luggage which I'm carrying, uh, wow. But on the other hand, this loop will struggle. It will fight for survival. It will argue. It will maintain the story that you are a hurt person. And it will maintain the story that there is a better place in the future. It will. So. It, and, and uh, to argue with it is, uh, you know, is, uh, it can become difficult because, uh, you know, uh, because it has all kinds of tricks, like, for example, putting down the person who is bringing the message or feeling uh, this is philosophy, this has nothing to do. How does this help with my anxiety? How does this help with my childhood trauma, which is real? Um, so it's like it it, it, it's, it it will try to uh, to maintain itself and through the arguing and trying to f trying to uh, know better that's one of the tricks yeah. and that's so all I ask you is to see you are not that you're not a story. You're not the memories of the past or the worries of the future. You're not this blah, blah, blah in your head. Complaining, judging yourself and others, struggling, giving meaning. Yeah, it's a meaning-making machine, constantly trying to explain why things happen, you know, coming up with stupid solutions and so on. You are not that. You can't be. You are not a feeling, in the, you are not that contraction in the body. That feeling of being a localized, separate me in a predatory universe. You are not the stories you tell yourself about the past, or the good things you've done, or the horrible things you have done.
So seeing that, seeing how you, what, that this process pre- prevents you from resting in this moment where you have everything you need. Yeah, but, yeah, so you can see there's immediately, it does not want to go there, it does not want to let go. Yeah? Then, but yeah, I have this unpaid bill uh, at home. So if I would ask you then, what's the status of this unpaid bill? You have to admit, it's a story. Because your, your house is maybe burned or... <laughs> you, you never get there to pay it. Or, you know, uh, so it's a story. And imagine, imagine for a moment that all these stories, you know, they fall down. And don't pick them up. And you can notice how this is rebelling against that, trying to kind of find something. It's addicted to problems. So if if I if I could prevent you, uh, yourself uh, to have problems in the past and problems in the future, if I can kind of if I could close this room for for a moment, like with my psychic power, boom, yeah. So that we would be in reality. Just in reality. Yeah. Then still, that selfing, I'm sure, will, fi- will find, will make up a problem right in this moment. Like something. Oh, I don't understand this. I've heard this before. Uh, and I didn't get it then. Why? You know, this is uh, something. It will make up something. Because it's addicted to problems. Because that's how it lives. It's like a hungry ghost. We are identified with a hungry ghost, which never gets enough, which will never come to peace, which will never say, hey, okay, this is enough now. That's fine. Can you see it? So that's it. So you, you, so you, you see it again and again, and and you, uh, you get you know arguments, uh, you know to kind of, uh, to, uh, uh, to, of course the arguments are stored within itself. So we need to take it on board for a while. Uh, that's what you know. What most of the Buddhist teachings do, they. They take this, wanting to feel better and wanting to be enlightened. It take, we take it on 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 board, yeah. So because uh, it, that's why we come here to hear that what you what brought you here does not exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of marketing in the Buddhist teachings about the wonderful results in the future. Uh, to trick that, 
that process. Oh, but within the Buddhist teachings, it's inbuilt, the deconstruction of this. It does not know yet, but it, it's, going to, it's going to happen, like tonight. It's not enough to hear at once. But, um, so, what it, a wonderful mindfulness practice throughout the day is to notice when you're not here. Just to notice, oh, that's a problem from the past. Oh, that's a problem from, of the future. Just to notice. N not, nothing more. Just to notice. <coughs> ah, this is the selfing trying to solve the problems of the past. This is the selfing trying to uh, solve the problems of the, of the future. And this is the selfing seeking. This is the selfing saying mine, my thoughts, my feelings. And notice how this mental process is so, it kind of, it really can, it really creates the feeling that there is a real problem in the future and a real problem in the past. And it's all stories. And it creates a kind of tunnel vision, you know, like a tunnel vision, which prevents you to be here. To be here. Where you have everything you need. So it's like a, it covers up. It covers up the possibility of experiencing fundamental well-being, deep contentment, deep peace in this moment. It tells the story that you need something else to be whole, to be fulfilled. And it will tell this story forever. You can do all self-improvement projects uh, which are offered on this planet, one by one, like one workshop after another. You can download all the self-improvement books this will not, this will say, okay, this planet is covered, where's the next planet? Uh, where there's maybe new self-improvement <laughs> projects which I not even know about. And if you make a leap of faith and see that we have been traveling around since beginning of this time, we actually have done all this self-improvement stuff. We have been, we have been already that what we now think we should be to be happy. We have been that already. We already were there. 
I mean, uh, like maybe the feeling, wow, once, you know, if I have a lot of money, I buy this little house and, you know, and I have five kids and a dog and uh, I don't know. They have different visions of what it means. Or, or like uh, when I'm free of my anxiety, of my social anxiety, then uh, so all kinds of stories. And we, all, we, we, we already covered that. We have been there. We had had long lifetimes without any kind of social anxiety, and we have long we have had long times with one party after another. This will never be satisfied because it's its end. It doesn't want to be satisfied. The best thing it can do is to uh, pretend to tell the story. I'm a serious spiritual seeker and I'm looking for contentment with 100,000 prostrations and 100,000 this and that and studies and finding the guru, you know, doing retreats, <coughs> so that's... Uh, and this is what you're not. That's the one strike to see that the prison and the prisoner is created through the narrative self and through the word mine. It's not much to it. And then combined with the heaviness in the body, which is created by the narrative self. So all, you know, all symptoms you carry in this being, like sickness, contractions, they all come from the narrative loop. say else because that's it. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> I mean kind of I mean that's yeah that's the ultimate medicine. It's not complicated. The Tibetans they make it very complicated. And uh, yes I can see it makes sense to look at this from different angles. Yeah so yes but uh, don't overdo it. You don't need to study for 10 years to say to see this. It's like, oh here, yeah. This is what's this is who I'm not. I'm not the narrative self. Yes. Is that 12 link chain of dependent origination? Mm. Is this the uh, name loop? That that could be like a uh, a more complex um, description. No. Yeah, you explained it from like a psychological or neurological point of view, but is karma what drives this? Uh, yes, uh, so for, you know, for there to be karma, there needs to be the sense of I who did things in the past and 
and uh, real things in the past and who is experiencing really real uh, consequences in, in the present moment, why it will experience real consequences in the future. So that it's part of the loop. Uh, but in this, uh, in this description of the 12 links, of course, there is also the solution. And that is uh, seeing that the I is, exists uh, as merely made up. That's the solution. And then if that is seen, the whole thing collapses because it loses its original cause, yeah? the, like the second truth of, uh, the second noble truth. There's a cause for suffering. So what is the cause for suffering? It is this, the, the narratives, the, the identification with the narrative self. That's the cause for suffering. That's where this defensiveness and reactivity comes from, the illusion that there's something to defend here. Yes. So, like, because if that's for acceptance, and because somehow you need to, like, because I can accept everything you said, like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a story, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. But you, you need it to function. <laughs> I mean, I have to plan, mm -hmm. like, oh, that's, I have to call my mm -hmm. husband to pick up the son, or yeah. whatever. You have to do that, but yeah. So you have to like kind of accept the story, but. Realize that mm. it's a story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <like> confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's start with the obvious stressful kind of thinking, the compulsive thinking, mm. the kind of thinking you actually would want to stop. Yeah. Mm. But it's. I would debate uh, with what you said as if it's true and you said something, yeah, but I need to have the rational mind to make decisions. I would debate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, so I know from my own experience, and we all know that because sometimes we, we come from that place, mm -hmm. that there is a way to move to life without overthinking, without planning, without... Some people would call it intuition, or yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so. And um, I'm not saying it's uh, like it, it, have, it happens overnight to trust a different way of moving through the li through life. So keep your planning, mm -hmm. yeah. But we could start first with uh, the obvious poisoning ways of thinking, yeah. And then experimenting with how can I uh, bring a, a way of moving through the world which I know even in the daily activities. And I know it, I mean, from my own experience, I know it is possible, but, but I also, when I talk or when I read about people who experience fundamental well being, uh, that it is actually possible. Like, for example, the best, I mean, the best way to, for me to explore is this, is when I teach, because 
when I teach, I don't plan. I don't have any plan. I, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say next, and I don't know what, what the meditation will be after the break, and I don't know what I'm going to say after the break. I have no plan. And still, something is happening. Where does that come from? Uh, so, and uh, like uh, when I, uh, when you are around Lama Sopa, for example, then you see he's moving like this all the time. He does not plan. He has no agenda. And often, I guess we all know this experience that something you knew go go right. But for the selfing, that didn't seem to be a good idea. So the selfing made a different decision. Yeah? And then you, or we also know the experience. We are in a decision, go left or go right, and both, uh, both possibilities have uh, kind of difficult consequences. And then we try days to figure it out with the selfing. Yeah? making lists of advantages and disadvantages and so on and so on. And then we, we go to bed, we sleep, we have a break, and suddenly we feel, we know to go left or to go right. So I'm, based on my own experience and what I see in other people, I have a sense you can move through life with hardly any kind of thinking. <laughs> Intuition. You can call it like that. In the, in the, in the, Buddhist, uh, in the Buddhist teachings, you would say, uh, like, Buddha activity uh, comes through you. Yeah? So Buddha activity is a spontaneous move of body, speech, and mind for the benefit of all. But it's not conceptual. And you can really see it in someone like Lama Sopa. That's why he does not sleep, because it's so exhausting to try to figure out things out uh, on the conceptual mind and all this complaining and judging. I mean, it really sucks our vitality. So if that falls away, uh, the energy and the joy which uh, reveals itself is, is amazing. He doesn't sleep? No. Yes? Um, I think this question is related to what we just mm. spoke um, So why is it that why is it important what I do, what I think, what I feel, what state of mind I have in a reality, in a world that does not exist? Why is it that still important? Because uh, with this you create a sense of being a suffering being. And that is a dream, but it is a shitty dream. But if it doesn't exist, why is it important? No, it, uh, it neither exi- it doesn't it, it, it to to say it does not exist that is too extreme it does exist but on a lower level 
it exists as a dream. But uh, a nightmare, when you don't know that it is a dream, is a very, it's hell. It's, and it seems to be real. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm thinking about all the emphasis on ethics and, yeah. you know, the importance so e of handling this yeah. dream. Yes, the, all, the, all, the, all the teachings on ethics, they are provisional. They are part of dreaming ourselves into a better dream, so that in that better dream we can wake up. <coughs> So all that, you know, that which reveals itself does not need ethics. It spontaneously, creatively responds to what is happening and thus what is beneficial for everything. That's the Buddhist Mahayana theory. Mm -hmm. yeah? And that is also a dream. That's but also a dream. dream. Yes, uh, that's also a dream, uh, but in, in that case, the dream is recognized as a dream. So, the, like Lama Sopa is in the dream, but he is not of the dream. And he is still in the dream because there's so many other people stuck in that nightmare. So, when we talk about self-compassion and self-acceptance, we're dreaming ourselves in a more kind dream. We're using dream methods for dream people to create a less harsh dream world. So that, then, because if you are in hell, you don't have time to listen to this. You're too busy to survive. Uh, so in, in the Buddhist cosmology, they would talk even about future lives. So you, 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 dream, you dream yourself with the dream-like Buddhist teachings into a, into a better dream-like future. Future lives. So that you can listen to this again, <laughs> but it is a dream. <laughs> yeah, until, you, until it's really recognized as a dream. You can ask one thing, really. Mm. Um, so it's the realization of emptiness that makes me dream a better dream. No, the realization of emptiness, um, the, the, I mean the direct, non-conceptual realization of emptiness, mm -hmm. that, will, uh, that, will lead to, uh, that will lead to the insight, to the, I mean to the experience that this is a dream. Mm -hmm. So it's like waking up having a lucid dream in the night. So when you have a lucid dream in the night, it's not that the dream disappears, yeah, but you are liberated from it. Uh, but there is other, I mean, the realization of emptiness has different levels. So like a conceptual level of the realization emptiness, that's part of dreaming a better dream. Yeah? Because 
through a conceptual realization of emptiness, uh, you you take things a bit more light. You know, you you. It's like uh, yes, there is problems, and you still feel they are real, but you have a sense that they are kind of made up, and then you start to see. So all that then becomes part of a better dream. So that then the conceptual realization can 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 come into a non-conceptual non-conceptual direct seeing of the emptiness. <laughs> Was that satisfying for you? Oh, wow. I just think that compassion is one thing. Yeah, but compassion is a provisional practice. Yeah. Because, uh, so, and it's obvious, compassion, like, did I talk about the three levels of compassion here? No. No? Mm -hmm. So there is the, like, beginner's level of compassion. I have compassion with you, and we are separate, and this makes me a little bit better. Yeah? So that's kind of normal compassion. Um, and, you know, the spiritual self likes that very much. It becomes part of the self-image of being a kind person and you feel better the, 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 you feel better about yourself but it's separation and it's often really stupid you know with this kind of compassion often we harm more than we actually help um, and then there is uh, the second level of compassion this is based on Chandakirti uh, is a compassion which realizes the impermanence of everything the non-static nature of this and this and also the compassionate act. Uh, so this is a very deep compassion because it's a compassion which also includes people who are successful and who are healthy and who are happy. When this kind of happiness is based on uh, conditioned phenomena, then you have compassion with them because you, you see that they will fall, that they have based their sense of, wow, I'm doing really well on sandcastles. Yeah? So that's a bit deeper compassion. And then the third, the deepest level of, of compassion is non-dual compassion, or it's also called objectless, objectless compassion. So, and that is, objectless compassion is this experience when you connect with fundamental well-being, so when that has a break, that you're connected with everything. That there is no, or... I am here and there's a suffering being there and then I feel for that person and I do something or not or uh, it's a, it's a yes it's a boundaryless uh, it's a boundaryless unconditioned love that's objectless compassion and you know Shenrizik is the archetypal symbol for that objectless compassion yeah? that which is the unification of bodhicitta and emptiness it's also called ultimate bodhicitta. So, but in, in the dreaming, dreaming ourselves to a better dream, compassion is a very important part of it because it's obvious in the moment when you feel connected with others, even if there's still I and you, uh, there's a bit of, a bit of relaxation of the separate, uh, solid, autonomous, most important I in the universe. It kind of relaxes a bit. So in, in that way, uh, through, the, uh, through the first levels, the first two levels of compassion, we dream ourselves into a better dream.
and then we are more vulnerable to the insight that this is all made up. It's a dream.